Welcome to Cleft Talk, bringing you discussion on the topics that adults affected by cleft lip and or cleft palate have told us matter to them. Brought to you by the Cleft Lip and Palate Association as part of CLEFA's Adult Services Programme. Proudly funded by the VTCT Foundation. You're listening to Cleft Talk with Kenny Ardwin and Nikki Davis. Hello and welcome. My name is Kenny Ardwin and I'm the Adult Services Coordinator at Clapper. I'm Nikki Davis and I'm the Adult Services Officer and together we make up Clapper's Adult Service Delivery Team. A very warm welcome to the very first Cleft Talk panel discussion brought to you by Clapper's Adult Service Delivery Team and proudly supported by the VTCT Foundation. Cleft Talk is your opportunity to learn more about the topics that adults born with a cleft across the UK told us are important to them through the Adults Services and Roadshow. We hope that you find these panel discussions both entertaining and informative. Remember that you can keep up with the Adult Services Project online, including watching this and other panel discussions again at www.clapper.com forward slash Adult Services Project. You can also join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups forward slash Clapper Adults. Today on the programme we are discussing a topic that affects many adults from all walks of life across the UK, self-esteem. In our fast-paced, high-pressure world that we live in, many people struggle with self-esteem, perhaps without even realising it. Therefore, today we hope to shed some light on this very common but very complex issue and give you some strategies to help recognise when you might be experiencing low self-esteem, as well as some ideas of things that may help and point you in the direction of people who can help you with overcoming low self-esteem. It's our pleasure to welcome our fabulous panel guests, Amanda Bates, and Jen Rundle. Before we get into the discussion, can you please briefly tell us a bit about yourselves and your background? So yeah, hi, I'm Jen Rundle. I'm a clinical psychologist and I currently work in the South Thames Cleft Service. I've been working here for about two years and previously I worked in other physical health areas such as diabetes. Hi, hi, I'm Amanda Bates. Hi everyone. Um, I work in health research um, and have a background in health psychology, but I'm here today as an adult with a cleft to talk about self-esteem. Oh, brilliant. Well, welcome both of you. Thank you. Definitely a very warm welcome to you both. Now, Jen, I'd like to start with you with this um, panel discussion. Sure. We, we hear a lot discussed in the media nowadays about the value of high self-esteem and the negative implications of low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. But can you start by telling us what self-esteem actually is? Yeah, sure. So self-esteem essentially is um, how someone views themselves um, and the kind of value one places on oneself uh, or measure of worth they place on themselves Um, usually if if those if that value is negative um, then that obviously equals low self-esteem that's when it becomes a problem Um, people that have low self-esteem will often use words to describe themselves that are negative such as maybe failure um, uh, not good enough, inadequate, um, worthless, um, even ugly, uh, flawed. Um, and it's important to note that everybody has those thoughts about themselves from time to time. Everybody uses those words to describe themselves sometimes. But it becomes a problem if you are doing it really um, frequently mm. and, it, and it persists. Um, so people that have low self-esteem tend to have really lasting and deep-seated 
negative views about themselves and they also tend to see that uh, view as very much an absolute truth or a fact mm. rather than just an opinion. Mm. Absolutely and I'm, I'm sure as we're about to discover today you know th these are you know thought processes that as you say a lot of people mm. have and, and mm. they can become quite quite destructive yeah. and it can be hard Absolutely. to recognize that that's mm. that's what we're we're experiencing. Amanda your turn now. <laughs> what are some of the things that impact our self-esteem in both positive and negative ways? I think the things that I'm about to mention are kind of two sides of the same coin. So mm -hmm. our self-esteem can be affected by the relationships that we have uh, with our friends and family, um, a significant other as well, yeah. work, I think. Mm. And, and this is what I mean by two sides of the same coin yeah. because these can happen in, it can give us high self-esteem or low self-esteem. Mm. Um, it can be other things, so obviously if we are bullied, if we are discriminated against yeah. and experience prejudice and stigma, that is going to have a real, or potentially have a real impact on our self-esteem. Mm -hmm. um, other things such as uh, money worries, housing worries, you know, the, the, the everyday issues that mm -hmm. can become very big and very distressing in a very short period of time. Or we are able we are able to manage them as well, and it, I think it's really important that, that this discussion kind of, as Jen has already said, really kind of normalises mm -hmm. problems with self-esteem because yeah. we all have them from time mm. to time, absolutely. Mm. But as Jen says, it's as if it becomes overwhelming mm. and regular, and mm. we have this internal dialogue mm. that is constantly telling us yeah. that we're a failure, that we're rubbish, that we're worthless, mm. um, and really thinking about strategies. Uh, to counteract that as well. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. And I think as well, it can be something really, really small mm. as well with self-esteem. So it could be even something like an example, maybe like if you walk in the office and you know someone says, someone, no one says to you, oh, how are you? You know, that can, mm. I think that can even like affect you, your mm. self-esteem because it's like, oh God, you get all them things again, like I'm worthless, I'm not, you know, yeah. you don't really feel that valued as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, hundred <laughs> percent. And of course, you know, someone's <coughs> appearance mm. and yeah. body image generally yeah. that can really affect our self-esteem, especially yeah. when we are bombarded with images of mm. so-called perfection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's very, very difficult, and I think mm -hmm. it's increasingly difficult yeah, um, in today's society, particularly with social media um, yeah. and things like that. Mm. Mm certainly and i think we'll, we'll get into a lot of that later about yeah. sort of the the role that you know the media and, and social media yeah. have on our our self-esteem because it's exactly as you say you know that we see lots of different images portrayed many of which are not a particularly accurate um, mm. depiction of how mm. people live yeah. their lives yeah. um, but nevertheless that's the comparison that we're all comparing ourselves to Absolutely. and it's um quite unattainable i, th I think in, in most, most cases yeah, yeah. um Absolutely. Now, of course, a, a lot of our conversation so far has kind of um, been under the assumption that someone recognises that mm. um, they may be suffering from low self-esteem. Mm. Of course, in reality, we know that's very often not the case and it can be mm. very difficult to pick up. Jane, I'd like to come to you for this next one. Yeah. Um, what are some signs that we might be experiencing low self-esteem in ourselves? In ourselves. So, um, I suppose it's a really, as I've mentioned, sort of a... a a real kind of 
persistent nagging sense that you're not good enough, sort of a sense of self-doubt that sort of starts to creep into every different aspect of life. Um, I mean, you can have sort of global self-esteem about everything in life, every aspect of life, but you can also have low self-esteem in relation to kind of one single aspect of life. So it might be that you are really lacking in self-esteem um, at work, for example, and, and, and the rest of your life you feel okay. Mm. Um, but I suppose it's the fact that it's just very pervasive, very um, sort of just very, very difficult to dismiss um, and can, and, and I suppose if you notice it's having an impact on your kind of behavior. Um, so for example, you might be avoiding situations that you would otherwise go to um, or, um, you know, start to withdraw yourself, um, become inactive, you know, stop doing all of the things that you might do when you're feeling okay about yourself. Um, and I suppose I think what Amanda mentioned about that internal kind of dialogue or monologue, mm. I think that's mm. quite a good mm. um, visualization of what it's like, that, that kind of persistent sort of critic mm. that's always, always mm. nagging and saying really hurtful, negative, almost bullying things. Yeah. Often in, in therapy, we talk about an internal bully mm. um, and it being a kind of a voice that is really hard to yeah, dismiss or get rid of. So I think having that all the time um, or, or a lot in one aspect of your life, withdrawing, but also if it could lead on to kind of larger um, or more substantive mood difficulties. So you might notice yourself feeling depressed, low, mm. anxious, panicky, um, and you might notice it coming out in other ways, such as feeling um, very angry or irritable, mm. um, and that might um, become apparent in your relationships with other people, um, for example. Um, yeah, I think I think that's those are the main things I would say. I don't know if you've mm. got any others. Yeah, I mean, yeah, say. just a couple of other things. Yeah. I, mean, I think you absolutely yeah. Co yeah, mm -hmm. covered them really well. Yeah. Um, I think if someone obviously is often very tearful, mm. if yeah. they feel unable to make decisions yeah. um, and just can't assert themselves, mm. which we all have mm. every now and then yeah. someone with asserting ourselves, mm. but if that is a regular frequent pattern, mm -hmm. then, then I think I think that's very difficult. And it, it's, it's almost the same <coughs> that they don't believe that you deserve happiness mm. always this mm. yeah monologue um yeah, yeah I, I i'm worth this i i don't mm. deserve this mm -hmm. but also and as you say it can lead to social withdrawal and i think it can lead to kind of hostility in relationships as well because you put up so many barriers mm. yeah, yeah. because you've got this constant fear you mm. don't want to try anything new as well mm -hmm. you don't ever really want to challenge yourself mm. and i think really fundamentally you cannot show yourself any kindness mm. and yeah. compassion. Yeah. And I think one of the really interesting things as well with, with self-esteem is, you know, exactly that point that you both made really about being, you know, your own toughest critic. And, mm. you know, you, you mentioned the concept of, of the self-bully mm. as well. And, and you just mentioned there about not being able to show yourself kindness and, and compassion. And, mm. um, you know, that's not to say that you don't have this in you because, like, yeah. probably outwardly to everybody else, um, you are demonstrating this yeah. kindness and compassion. But it's Absolutely. respecting yourself enough mm -hmm. isn't it mm -hmm. to show it 
to your, to yourself, which yeah. is it's far easier said, said than done. When I you think often it can be easier to yes. share it to other people. Yeah. And in fact, that's what, from my experience of working with people yeah. with low self-esteem, that's really apparent yeah. that they find it quite easy to be kind to their friends and family, but actually trying to, um, yeah, trying to direct that at themselves is really difficult. Absolutely. Okay, so this is another one for Jen. Yeah. <laughs> so often we talk about self-esteem and our perceptions of ourselves. Mm. We talk in terms of internal and external influences. Can you discuss the difference between these and whether there is one that's more important than the other to improve mm. in our well-being? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, th- I suppose we've, we've sort of touched on this already, really. Um, I think the main difference is that the internal influence is your own your own sort of perception or of, of, of yourself, your mm. own kind of internal inner voice telling you whether you're a kind of good or bad person. Yeah. And the external influences are quite literally that, what other people are, are, are telling us or how, um, ex- or external events that mm. happen. Um, so I would argue that it's the in- internal influences really yeah. that are most important since yeah no matter how much we mm. try we can't change um, those external influences yeah, yeah. Um, you can't change how people react to you, you um, most, mostly yeah. so I don't know if you've, if you've ever had experience where you can but I don't <laughs> think you, you can really it's, uh, it's unpredictable it's um, uncontrollable so um, yeah it, what's important is how you interpret and perceive and deal with the outside world um, mm. and those external influences and um, that's what we mean when we talk about trying to be kind and compassionate mm. to yourself and maybe challenge some of those really negative self-evaluations. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it, what, we, what people with low self-esteem can be sort of trapped in is um, what we call in, in therapy kind of um, cognitive distortions, so seeing things through quite a negative lens. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we try and do is try and make people aware of that and uh, try and sort of be aware of, well, am I, am I seeing this external event um, through, through a sort of filtered lens, a negative filtered lens, and is there a different way of looking at it? Is there a kinder, more mm-hmm. compassionate way? Um, of of looking at the the external situation mm-hmm. um, and and then acting on that mm-hmm. yeah I hope that makes sense yeah yeah no, that really really does yeah no that was that was really really interesting <laughs> and yeah I completely concur mm-hmm. with Jen about yeah. how it's so important I think to cope or manage the internal influences <coughs> around self-esteem because yeah, yeah. it's so easy I think for all of us to hook our self-esteem solely onto external factors mm-hmm. so whether that might be a relationship mm. whether it might be work mm. whether it might be a sport yeah. and the problem with doing that as Jen said if you've still got this internal self-esteem that is saying yes but you're worthless but mm. you're rubbish mm. unfortunately it makes those external factors very very vulnerable mm. so if any of those were to come to an end yeah. you're not really left with very much that's mm. a kind of like core stability whereas if you can build develop um, and maintain a positive healthy sense of self-esteem within yourself you're kind of almost developing a kind of resilience against those external mm 
potential hard knocks in yeah. life. You yeah. know, you learn to weather the storm. It doesn't mean, mm -hmm. of course, that you find everything joyous all of a sudden, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you don't. Mm -hmm. But it just means that you're, you have a lot more within you and a lot more resource mm -hmm. to navigate the external challenges, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think as well, even with some of the external stuff, it's not even necessarily that someone's doing something or saying something nasty no, to you. No, no, no. It can no. simply be the absence of mm, you know, yeah. positive reinforcers all the time, which, yeah. you know, people's yeah. opinion of you hasn't changed. Yeah. But I think when you hinge a lot off that external validation yeah. and say so maybe you go through a day where you know you just have a fairly normal day and mm. haven't done anything particularly mm. remarkable mm. but you know you're still your, your good decent self but mm. perhaps people aren't saying it as much mm -hmm. as yeah. you mm -hmm. know if you've done something particularly special mm -hmm. that day mm -hmm. um, but having that internal resilience as, as you both said mm -hmm. to be able to go you know what I did a good job today and yeah. I you know did x y and z yeah. Yeah. um it is really super important mm. Um, and I'd like to come back to you, Amanda, for this next question, okay. um, which is I, I think the one thing that we often do when we're struggling with our self-esteem um, is comparing ourselves to others, as we've sort of touched on a bit already. Um, and we can also make assumptions, I, I think, quite easily that um, seemingly happy-go-lucky, friendly, bubbly, outgoing people around us have got it all made um, and that they're, they're happy with a high sense of self-esteem. But realistically, how widespread are self-esteem issues generally in society? I think they were incredibly widespread in our society and globally mm. as well. I think this is a, this is a global issue, and and I think it's it's very sad. But as you say, we're kind of recognising it and talking about it. Um, but I think it's really easy. And again, images on social media, celebrity culture, to think wow, you know, they're really attractive, they're bubbly, they've got mm. money, they've got everything, they must have a really, really high self-esteem. Mm. But as we've already talked about, it's very dangerous just to hook things solely onto external factors. Mm. So, and of course, there will be people with high self-esteem who do have a lot going for them. Mm. Um, but for me, if someone has a lot going for them, that has everything to do with who they are mm. as a person. Um, and their kind of soul and how they deal with things and their character and to me that makes somebody much more attractive and um, rich in their characteristics than, than anything else but I think there are, as I say a lot of unrealistic images out there which are sure. unhealthy and sure. damaging mm -hmm. and I think we all need to take responsibility in how we think about changing mm -hmm society to be mm. honest because yeah. a lot of us i'm not saying us for here but you know a lot of people we, we, we do buy into these things mm. at some level otherwise magazines wouldn't sell mm. so it, it's what what we're doing to kind of perpetuate and to mm. reinforce this culture mm. that we all need to kind of think about and, yeah, take responsibility mm. for it. And just to pick up on that, I, th I think a lot of it is very implicit, isn't it? It's very subtle, and we don't Definitely. necessarily realise that we're making the, the sorts of assumptions that, mm. that we do. Because, I mean, I'll be the first to admit, I, I catch myself out sometimes. Mm. Yeah. You know, I thought you might, might see an image on social media and, and get a little bit envious of, of someone for whatever reason you know yeah. may, maybe yeah. they're on a far-flung beach somewhere yeah. you know drinking a, a pina colada <laughs> or whatever and, and you um you make assumptions about their general well-being yeah. and their general yeah. satisfaction yeah, in life yeah and of course on social media as we well know everyone's putting their yeah, sort of best, best foot yeah. forward yeah. Best self. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. You've got to remember that filter is yes. always there. Yeah. But I, I mean, I don't know what you think, Amanda, but I feel mm. like there's a, there's a slight glimmer of change in the air in terms of social media. Like, I think there is, maybe it's slow and slight, but mm. um, it's something we've been talking about as just within our psychology team, um, that there are slowly some signs that there's been a bit of a backlash I think to this idea of perfectionism Mm. and there's quite a lot of uh, advertising campaigns that are really promoting diversity and acceptance Mm. and body positive images Mm. I mean I I certainly agree there needs to be a lot more but at least some of the big brands are starting to recognize I think that selling this idea of perfection is not what people really want and is not healthy Um, I absolutely agree Um, and I would say certainly yeah in recent years There have been. So I, I think when I was covering up on the tube today, there's a lot of the Dove yes. billboards. Yeah, like the, the Dove, Dove's really yeah, and like hashtag show me, I think. Yeah. But you know, encouraging people yeah. to upload images mm. of yeah. just themselves, mm. just every yeah. day, regular people yeah. um, who aren't, yeah, size zero yeah. and incredibly, objectively attractive. Yeah. Um, and that's great. And I think, yes, this concept of individuality mm. and promoting that, and mm. as you say, promoting diversity mm. is definitely coming through. Mm. But yes, much more needs yeah. to be done. But yeah. certainly when I was growing up, that, that was never around. Yeah. Yeah. Diverse images. So yeah. I think it's very difficult as well if, if you are perhaps slightly older like me and you, you've not mm. had those images mm. to, you know as a kid when you are growing up and kind of de- you know really influential development around your self-esteem mm. and, and all those sorts of things you mm. haven't had those reference points mm. so yeah yeah just something to think about really yeah. Yeah. certainly certainly lots to ponder there <laughs> <laughs> and um you know lots of good things happening as you say but it, it all takes time doesn't it it to, does to and to really feel yeah, yeah filter through absolutely right yeah there's also this, um, I think I saw on Instagram the other day, there's this thing going around where there's like all these no makeup selfies as well. Um, I think that's like the new like trend for it, where there's a lot of, um, yeah, like a lot of women doing all these like no makeup and mm. um, things. And I think that is quite positive as well, because obviously mm. there is a face mm. under, under mm. all that makeup. Mm, like mm, mm, sometimes, especially I think for young people as well, they always feel like, and I feel like they're getting younger as well these days, like yes. where they're putting more foundation yeah. on to cover their face. I, I mean, I probably started only wearing makeup when I was about 15. Mm. I didn't even know what mascara was at all no. when yeah. I was growing up. So I feel like it is getting a lot more kind of younger where people, girls want to grow up faster mm. as well. Whereas yeah. I think it should be more, you just kind of be yourself. Don't worry about, you know, mm. having orange, mm. you know, yeah. <laughs> things yeah. like your face. Yeah. Like, so I think yeah. that is that is quite positive as well. Whereas, you know, just stay young, just be, be fresh, be you. Don't don't put all this, yeah, like, I mm. used to call it like slap on or something. Yeah. Like slap on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. It's good. So this one's for you, Jen. Okay. Um, so um, there will be some people watching and listening to this who may mm. be concerned about other people in their life, mm. given how hard it is to recognise for ourselves when we're struggling mm. with our self-esteem. Mm. What are some of the signs to look out for in other people which mm. may indicate that someone is having a difficult time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it, it, it can be difficult. I suppose you're, um, because of my answer to the other question about signs in yourself, obviously, um, a lot, as we've talked about, a lot of the 
symptoms are sort of quite internal, you know, they, they, they don't necessarily show themselves. You might be able to show yourself as being really confident um, on the face of it, but actually internally there's a lot of criticism mm. uh, and negative beliefs going on. Mm. Um, but I would say, as an outsider, you're really looking, I suppose, for any kind of change of behaviour that, um, that might alert you that something's not quite right. Mm. Um, uh, you might notice somebody, again, sort of withdrawing from things, um, not perhaps replying to texts, not yeah. answering yeah. the phone, um, not wanting to meet out, uh, meet up, or, or saying no to different social engagements. Um, you might you might hear them be be critical or dismissive of themselves uh, more than more than they would normally. Mm. Um, or not, you know, if you compliment them, they may say, oh, you know, don't, you know, don't be silly or just dismiss the compliment, not be able mm -hmm. to take it. Yeah. Um, what else? I think, I suppose, yeah, any sort of sign of, of, of low mood or depression being, being very tearful, mm -hmm. maybe not caring about themselves, so a bit mm -hmm. of lack of self-care. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if there's somebody that does, yeah, usually present themselves in a certain way and that's you notice that they're not I don't know dressing the same way or looking after themselves in the same way or perhaps mm. even um, yeah not eating properly not not sleeping properly um, very tired lethargic um, uh, yeah easily irritable I think I mentioned that in the other mm, question yeah. um, maybe short-tempered those are sort of signs of, of other mood difficulties, but could also be a sign of, of self-esteem as mm. well, um, low self-esteem. Um, yeah, I think those are probably the main mm. ones. I don't know if you can think of any more, London, but those those are the ones that yeah. I would say. So it's, yeah, it, I suppose it's yeah change change yeah. in their yeah, behaviour, yeah, um, or how they talk talk about themselves. Mm. Or, yeah. Yeah, because I think there's also as well, like some people, I think it's also quite good to realise that it's okay to not be okay. So everyone has yeah. moody days oh, as well, absolutely. don't they? Everyone goes into work and feel, oh God, I don't want to be here or yes. stuff. So yeah. I think it's, I, f I feel like if it's just like the odd the odd day, mm. then I think it, it, it's still okay mm. yeah, to, to feel like that and to mm. maybe feel a bit down in the dumps. Yeah. But mm. I think, yeah, it's if it is normal. like every single day, yeah, yeah, for maybe like a long time, then yeah. I think you really... You do yeah. need to if it goes of. on a bit longer than what you would say is just yeah a, a bad mm. day or a bad yeah, couple of days. Yeah. yeah. Um, what I've got to say as well is if you notice somebody maybe self-medicating like with mm. alcohol or substance yeah. abuse, that can be yeah. another sort of sign that kind of goes along with the lack of self-care really. Mm. But yeah, um, that's something that's I suppose quite an obvious sign to mm. look out for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so many different things really to keep in the back of our minds. Mm. I, I think, but um. Mm nice to be aware of the things to look out for not only in ourselves but in, in people around Absolutely. us yeah. as well and I, I think one of the, mo the more common misconceptions really with low self-esteem is that and it, you touched on it before about mm. people who appear really confident and really outgoing mm. um, couldn't possibly struggle from time to time with self-esteem and I, I know that there'll be some people watching this who will think we're not a very relatable panel to them perhaps um, simply because we're sitting in front of a camera having a discussion um, but the reality really is I think as we've already covered is that self-esteem can um, take a tumble for, for anyone really at, at any time yeah. and I was hoping that we could each give an example of a time where we've personally struggled with our self-esteem 
Yeah. I'll start with you, Amanda, yeah, if that's okay. Sure. So, um, I'll offer a couple, actually, if I may. Um, <coughs> so, the first big one for me was certainly as a teenager and being very ostracised at school by people who I thought were my friends. So, my self-esteem took an absolute dive. Um, and it took me, I would say, about four or five years to really come up again uh, from that. But I would say the thread of that, you know, I, I could, I think for quite some time afterwards, it would still affect my friendships or, you know, somebody didn't respond to a text really quickly. You know, I would go straight back mm, sometimes yeah, to yeah. being that 12 year old yeah. girl. Um, you know, thankfully, I feel like I've, I've put all that to bed now. But, you know, that took a long time and it wasn't anything that I was able to deal with overnight. And I needed a lot of uh, support and, uh, and understanding of course, of around course. that. And then the second thing, I guess, has been um, not so recent now, but certainly as I started to get into my working life, what I realised I was doing, although I didn't realise for quite a while, was putting all my self-esteem into my work mm -hmm. mm. and that's a dangerous thing to mm -hmm. do as well because yeah. then as soon as something slightly doesn't work mm. go right at work which is just normal that's what happens to all yeah. of us mm. we don't always have great working days yeah. then I would feel really bad really bad like unnecessarily mm. and think I'm rubbish I, I can't do this yeah. I'm, I'm gonna get fired you know and I very quickly go to this really very difficult place and, and it was only when I started to realise what I was doing and kind of talk to people about that and recognise it that I was able to slowly yeah figure it out and step back and start to reevaluate my self-esteem and you know it's always going to be much more healthy when it's spread across different things in your life but as we've talked about the internal nugget if you like um that is so important to build but yes so i think for me they're my main two examples mm. so and yeah. definitely very relatable i think to a lot of people mm. those for sure mm. yeah you can so i think um mine would also be the most sort of recent one I can think of is, is work-related mm. as well. Mm. Um, when I finished training, I mean, it's, to get onto clinical psychology training is very competitive in itself, yes. but then it's also quite competitive to get a job afterwards. Of course. Mm. Um, and I went through a lot of interviews before I got this job. <laughs> it wasn't like I just easily walked in um, mm. and I got a lot of rejections and I actually found that really really difficult mm -hmm. um, because I've never seen myself as you know even though yeah like you said Kenny you, it, people might think I'm confident but I'm not super I'm not super confident and then and I was not really super confident in my abilities um, just out of training you're sort of fresh out of training you think oh maybe I'm not going to be a very good clinical psychologist maybe I'm not clever enough maybe I'm not um, sort of imposter syndrome. Thing, yeah, isn't it, exactly that. Yeah. Exactly that. And yeah. um, so you get, all, you have all of those those self doubts already. And then when you go to interviews, and I think loads of people can relate to this, but of mm. course, if you then get rejected, that compounds yeah. and adds evidence to all of mm. those negative beliefs. So I found that really tough um, mm. to deal with. Just the yeah to build myself back up, but mm. um, I suppose. I just had, yeah, well, we'll come on to this, but I, I just had to keep reminding myself 
that it didn't mean that I wasn't a good clinical psychologist. There were lots of mm. other reasons mm. um, that I may not have got the job and, and, and just persist and, and keep going. And then, yeah, and then I, 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 got, I got a lovely job that I, I really love. Um, and I remember getting the, this job that um, the interviewers said, you know, how well I did and how well I came across. And I remember on the phone sort of getting the feedback going, really, are you sure? You know, I've got told so many times that I don't interview well and that I don't, I'm not very articulate and that I waffle. And, they, and she was like, no, no, you all, you know, you came across really well. And it just, yeah, it was so, such a kind of wake up call to be like, oh, okay, I, I am okay, I can do it. Um, but yeah, it was, it, there were definitely a few months where I was really, mm. it was really difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, that's such a common one, <laughs> yeah. and that sort of looking for a job and, and yes. you know getting um, rejection letter after yeah. rejection yeah. letter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think they're absolutely right. They're interviewing very well today, being very <laughs> articulate <laughs> on our panel. So I, I think you know, um, St. <laughs> Thomas is lucky to have you. <laughs> How about you, Nikki? So I think with my example, so I always tend to relate or compare myself with other people, especially people my <coughs> age. So, I, so I'm 26, and when I see, like, say, I don't know, like, fr friends, for instance, you know, when they're in a really good job, they earn more money than me, or, you know, they're really high up, they're, like, manager role, and I think mm. I always, always compare myself because I always think, oh, God, I'm nowhere near that, or, you know, I'm not good enough to be ever be at that position. Um, and that's when I start, yeah, feeling you know a bit like I'm, I'm not I'm not worthy mm. and, and everything and all the emotions as well but I think really I should I mean everyone has different kind of experiences in life so and everyone it just takes people longer so I probably mm. I eventually will get there but it mm. may just take me a little bit longer and everyone's different sectors as well mm. like it takes you know I, I mean you know the charity sector was um, you know, some of my friends in the corporate, um, on the corporate yeah. world. So yeah. I think I've got to keep remembering myself that it's complete. They're doing a completely different mm -hmm. job to me, yeah. and mm -hmm. they may have not had the, the experiences that I've got. So I, I went travelling a little bit before, which I took six months out of work. Whereas they might have had that experience, and they might do it, you know, later in life. So everyone has, everyone goes through different stages, yeah. don't mm -hmm. they? Absolutely. So I think that's what I've got to keep like reminding myself mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. that it's, it's okay if you're not like. You know, if, mm -hmm. you, if your whole like you know working career doesn't go like really fast pacing, don't get mm -hmm. to like you know mm -hmm. CEO in the next year or mm -hmm. something like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I think that's what what I've got to kind of like try and remember because I do mm. I do especially like compare myself to a mm. lot of other people, mm -hmm. whereas my life's some, like completely different as yeah. well. That's yeah. right, and you know, has lots of positives mm -hmm. in, in its own way in, and experiences that they yeah. won't won't get yeah. simply because no two lives are the same, yeah. same yeah. really. And uh, I think you know that comparisons one's a really good yeah. one because I, I think we're we're all guilty of doing that. And yeah. you know, my, my one w would be, um, you know, I, I compare myself to a lot of my you know friend group who are you know the marriages are starting <laughs> now, and mm -hmm. it's like you know feeling that you're a little bit behind yeah, in yeah. that. But of course, but then you look. Um, other aspects of your life you know like like your career or what, whatever and it's like mm. well actually I'm, I'm doing different things to them we're, we're at different yeah. you know yeah. we're kind of moving in the same direction but on slightly different ladders if, mm. that, if that makes sense um, but I think it, it's so easy mm. to get yeah. um, to really pigeonhole yourself into yeah. seeing yeah. A, a deficit in one of those areas yeah. and thinking it's much more important to your overall 
sense of self-worth than actually it is rather it's one thing and like okay you might be a little bit behind over here but actually you're doing really well over here and over here as well but yeah yeah, Yeah. can totally see how you Mm. get caught in that get fixated on one yeah yeah Yeah. it's like the whole i mean i think at the end of the day like the only races we have to really run is almost with ourselves Mm. but well it is with ourselves i think but um yeah it is just so easy to look around Mm. but yeah hard to navigate but we all do it as you say absolutely so this is a um, question for both of you Mm -hmm. so in your professional or personal experience what impact do you think being born with a cliff and perhaps looking different or sounding different can have on people's self-esteem and confidence so I mean in my experience it can certainly have an impact um on self-esteem but I I suppose I wanted to make the point that it's definitely not the case that all people that have visible difference or speech difficulties have Mm. low self-esteem and I think sometimes that is a bit of a misconception or a myth Um, in fact the research shows that the kind of objective degree of visible difference has does definitely not match up to subjective degree of distress so um, objectively um, from a surgeon's point of view or an external point of view it might not look like you have any visible difference but to the, that doesn't matter because to the person that's coming in the room they may feel themselves, they may perceive that they have a very, um, you know, they look very different. Um, so I suppose, yeah, I just wanted to make, make that point really in terms of the, the research and that makes our jobs really, yeah, really kind of interesting in that respect because we can't, we can never never ever assume um but i suppose yeah where it does have an impact um i think it can have an impact in well in all sorts of ways um in terms of i suppose mainly um those kind of it can make those interactions with other people more difficult Mm um and perhaps make it more likely that that they, the person may experience negative, um, negative interactions um, such as bullying and harassment, um, uh, or just perce- perceive that there are, that people are interacting negatively. So, mm. um, you know, they may experience people looking or staring or or saying comments that are. Um, that, that, that they perceive as negative when they could be that, that people are looking or staring but because they're curious or because they just haven't seen something somebody looked like that before mm-hmm. um, so that can that can make those scenarios more likely um, yeah I suppose yeah that, that that's probably the main way I think it can mm-hmm. can impact I don't know if that's similar to what you were going to say then, or <laughs> no no that definitely all yeah. resonates with yeah. me and i'm really pleased you brought up yeah. about the research that yeah. objectively objectively how we look there's no relation no. to how we might feel about ourselves yeah um but equally that's not to say that people don't have valid concerns as well mm-hmm. you know when we are in a society mm-hmm. that portrays um body perfection mm. and appearance in a certain way mm. there there are challenges for sure mm. um 
I know, I know, very clearly remember. Um, was it English A level? Maybe English GCSE. It's a long time ago now. <laughs> but uh, we all had to take turns in reading out a page from a book that, that we were studying, and I used to absolutely dread that because I was thinking, well, am I going to be under understood in, in what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Um, and actually. It, it was always fine, and but I never thought at that age I would then become someone who ends up giving lectures and talks, <laughs> and you know that yeah. was inconceivable. Yeah. You know, so so life can really change as well. Mm. Um, but sometimes you have to feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm. I think, um, and just don't don't always, and it is hard to do, but don't always think that the world is out to mm. stare at you, mm. to be difficult around mm. you, because mm. you know what, most people are pretty lovely, mm -hmm. um, in my experience, and yes, if people stare, you know, that is often just real curiosity, mm. I mean, there, there is a cut-off point yeah. to that as well, where yeah. it just becomes really rude, but what I find in situations like that, I always try and smile, mm. which isn't always easy to do, and if I'm having a bad day, I'm like, whatever yeah, no, yeah. No, you know but if you try and smile they'll often smile back mm. and then automatically you've just broken down that barrier yeah. and i think that can be really powerful as well it makes mm. you feel better in mm. the interaction mm. as well mm. um so just thinking about how you might address some of those things mm. as well mm. but yeah. yeah so not everyone has concerns but mm. equally it is sometimes it is understandable mm. why some people do yeah. Definitely. I can yeah. actually relate to the, um, the reading the page out. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of we people get to do it all the time. Did you? <laughs> yeah. And did you find yourself trying to figure out where you'd be, which yeah. page you'd have to yeah, read like from? Yeah. Yeah. Why do they make us do it? Because you don't take it in because you're just panicking yeah. trying to work out which yeah. page yeah. you're going to read. And I have this thing of um, going bright red as well. Yes. I absolutely hate yes. it. And I always know when I'm about yeah. to do it. Yeah. 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 And I really hate it. And I always think, oh my God, I know, like, if I'm having even if I'm having a conversation with someone, I can feel it like yeah. I can feel like tomato face coming on, and I'm like, yeah. oh my god, no! And then I'm thinking, oh god, like they probably think I'm really this like really timid girl and yeah. all of this. And really, they probably don't even care about yeah. it. They just yeah. like talk to you like normal. And it's, it is this yeah. kind of like these thoughts going through your head, like, oh my yeah. god, I can feel myself Definitely. doing this. I'm yeah. really stupid right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I mean about the like distortions, the filters, yeah. the like the mind reading that you do. You you assume, oh yeah, they're definitely thinking this, this, and this yeah. about me, which yeah. really can catch you out. Mm, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> And I, and I think with that, you know, the fear of it only makes yeah, it worse yeah, as well. Absolutely. You know, it, it's a self-fulfilling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Self yeah. You, you know, thinking you're the only person that it happens yeah, to, and like yeah. ev everybody's yeah. <laughs> you know, so worried that it's happening to yeah. them that no one could possibly yeah. be paying attention to what's happening <laughs> to you. You know, yeah. um, but I, I think as well, just to pick up on the point that both of you have made about the research, um, picking up that, you know, that distortion between. Um, you know, we make an assumption that, um, yeah, just because someone's ob objectively more. See, mm. I'm going red now. <laughs> no reason. Um, <laughs> You're not. <laughs> <laughs> not really <thinking> you are. <laughs> yeah. I feel a heat in my face. Um, but no, because we think objectively yeah. um, that you know someone's appearance might be perhaps more severe than somebody else's. That their um, overall adjustment must mm. be also really? worse and, and like yeah. our evidence as well from our study has shown mm -hmm. that not to be the case yeah. as well and, and I think yeah. um, 
And I think on the flip side of that, though, as well, we can lose track of people who we might think, well, you know, what have you got to you know, have Definitely. a concern about. And I, I've heard lots of, um, you know, I've had lots of people speak to me, um, you know, through, through my work and I'm um, asking how to support family members and things and they, mm. they say very well intentioned phrases mm. like, um, you know, I, I just don't, don't see it, you know, their appearance yeah. isn't a problem, it's yeah. all that sort of thing and I think it's really kind, it's really well intentioned mm, yeah. but I think it can also be a little bit dismissive actually mm -hmm. for that person mm -hmm. who in their mind it, it's very real and, and yeah. the, this sort of sense of low, low self-esteem is, is yeah. definitely a thing. Yeah. Um, and you know, one thing that came up a lot in the adult survey um, was that people's self-esteem was low because they'd experienced negative interactions in the past. Mm. Um, you know, so and we've spoken about some of them. You know, bullying in school, being harassed in the public, yeah. um, perhaps even abuse from a romantic partners. Sort of the whole gamut of different experiences um, were represented in those, those surveys, and, and generally across life. If you were to take, I think, the general population as well yeah. on this one. Mm. So um, my question for you, for you both, really, mm. is how do you build your own sense of self back up yeah. again um, after you've had it pulled down particularly by others not easy mm. but I think you know John and I have both spoken about the kind of internal monologue mm. that can take us over mm. I think a lot of it is learning how to challenge that mm. so when you start hearing these kind of negative voices you kind of almost have to stop yourself no hang on a minute you know and that's when you have the dialogue within yourself you know saying, no, oh, actually, I'm okay, stop mm. there, stop right there, yeah. I'm okay, I have friends, I have family, I am loved, but also it's about learning, it probably sounds a bit cliche, but kind of learning to love yourself, mm. but, no, totally. and, that, and so that, is, that is not easy to do, is what, you know, if you, if you have been feeling really awful about yourself, mm. um, I think sometimes, it, it's hard to start talking about these issues. I think it can be very useful, for example, to write down how you're feeling um, a, a, as a start, those sorts of things. You, as we've talked about, it's very easy to compare ourselves to others. So trying to think about, well, what's going on right for me right now? What's important in my life? What has meaning for me in my life? Thinking about things that make you feel fulfilled um, and nurtured we've talked about self-care and, mm -hmm. I, and I think that is a really important one when you're trying to build yourself back up mm -hmm. those things like making sure you're getting mm -hmm. enough sleep mm -hmm. that you're eating well yeah. get out into nature mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. you know breathe in that air yeah. you know see that there is a world out there it can mm -hmm. be very easy mm -hmm. to become trapped within ourselves and trapped within this monologue and dialogue take a breath yeah. get out there you know mm -hmm. experience experience like just go for a walk in your local park mm -hmm. or meet up with a friend for a coffee immerse yourself in a good book think about all these things that make yourself feel better and always celebrate the wins mm -hmm. and I'm not talking about getting that promotion or you know just that you had a really nice time with a friend at the cinema mm -hmm. you know just anything yeah. like that or you, or you really enjoyed a family occasion mm -hmm. Uh, or, or you or you cooked a new recipe and it went really well you know just those little small steps mm -hmm. you know none of us can conquer Everest overnight mm -hmm. and it really does take a long time I think to almost retrain ourselves yeah. and start shifting shift that monologue yeah. to to really learn that you know you are a good person and that mm -hmm. you are worthy of love and that it's all about self-compassion mm -hmm. yeah. I think so yeah, yeah.
Yeah, I, well, you said a lot of what exactly what I was going to say. Um, I think that the self-compassion is, is really a, a, an important one and something that we try to, uh, I suppose, teach people really because it is a, yeah. a skill. It is. Like you, and like, I like it your is. phrase retraining because it is a bit of a sort of untraining how you're unlearning yes. how your brain sometimes can automatically uh, yeah, go to the negative filter mm. and trying to retrain it to see things in a more positive light and with a more positive lens on it. Mm. I think your point about recognizing the wins and the positives is something to to really uh, to really encourage people to do because even I mean I've even done it you know when you're starting to feel a bit bit rubbish about yourself just even kind of writing down like I yeah. say writing them down actually yeah. and putting it in front of you so it's in black and white and it, you can't um, you know you can't argue with it <laughs> um, can be really helpful even even you know looking at your CV can sometimes be useful if you're somebody that has a CV or that's worked in different areas you can that list your achievements mm. right there that's all, that's in black and white okay yeah that's all of the things that I've done look mm. at what I have achieved I, I, I clearly am not a useless worthless person mm. because I've got all of those things written down um, Asking other people as well, to, you know, what they like about you can be yeah. really useful. Um, just, I think, um, doing things like I've had some patients keep really like nice cards and things like that yeah. that mm. people That's have given them, or letters, definitely. or texts, or emails in this day yeah. and age. Um, try and sometimes keep those you know keep them locked away or print them yes. out and put them in a little box or yeah. save them on your phone or something and and just bring them out whenever you're feeling a bit yeah. a bit rubbish because we all yeah definitely have those days but building up that sort of we call it in therapy like a positive data log so a, a, a log or a journal or, or yeah basically a log about of all the the positive qualities that you have and the skills you have and the achievements that you've 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 done in your life mm. um, but uh, I think it's really important um, and what you said about self-care absolutely I also think one thing to add in about self-care is is that thing about saying no to other people sometimes yeah, definitely. Uh, and give, like I think you mentioned boundaries and making sure that you do make time to give yourself because I definitely. think one trap you can get into if you have a bit of low self-esteem or a day when you're feeling a bit negative about yourself is to try and people please yes. and try and yeah. say yes to everything and yeah. do you know above and beyond for everybody mm. to yeah. help everyone and be that person and that mm. obviously is is can be detrimental mm. to your own yeah. um, self uh, and, ment and emotional well-being um, and I think also about just to touch on the social media as well you could that is something that yes I know that you the amount of kind of media generally that you're exposed to you can't control but in terms of your own feed in terms of your own Instagram or your Facebook feed you can have control over that so mm. you know if, if you're looking at someone following someone that doesn't make you feel good mm. don't follow them anymore yeah. I think I've been doing that a lot recently that there's certain celebrities that I follow that I think why am I yeah. this is, every time I look at their Insta <laughs> yeah. video I just think oh I'm not, I don't look like that like that person so 
just don't don't follow <laughs> them do. anymore. Yeah. And we can all just it's a weird thing, isn't it, that we sort of had this compulsion yeah. to follow these people, and then you start to realise actually this isn't really doing my self esteem no. any good. So try and find those people, those role models that have that inspiring, empowering message Definitely. of body confidence or appearance confidence, or just just are. Realistic, authentic, genuine mm. people that you can relate to and that make you feel good. Um, yeah. So I would say that is something that in this day and age that we need to try and learn to do a lot more. Um, and I suppose, yeah, for, yeah, in, in general, in sort of your own social network as well, apply the same thing. You know, if Definitely. you're if you're friends with someone or maybe not friends or acquaintances with somebody that doesn't make you feel good and that isn't supportive don't you don't have to be you don't have to have them in your life no. try and surround yourself by people that are good and helpful and compassionate and Definitely. kind Definitely. Um, I think that's that's a big a big one as well I completely it's agree and, and I think um, if you are experiencing low self-esteem, it can be easy to get into negative relationships. Mm. Yeah. So part of the building yourself back up yeah. is being able to let those negative relationships go yeah. and just recognise yeah. that they're not good for you. Yeah. And yeah. that's not easy either. No, but no, it's again, really it's you know getting the right support to yeah. let some of those things go because those yeah. things can be utterly life-changing. Yeah. And mm. surrounding yourself with people who show you that compassion and humanity yeah. and that they are true friends and, mm. and there's nothing superficial um, and that you're kind of all in it together really yeah. this mm. crazy thing that we call life you yeah. know yeah. Um, yeah. I really liked your what do you call it is it a data log positive, positive data, data log, log. Yeah. so I remember <laughs> having a jar where I would write down notes so this is going back some years now but if someone paid me a compliment mm. or said something really nice I'd it down and fold it up and I'd put it in the jar mm. and then if I was having a really bad day I would just pick them out mm. and, and just sit there and read them and it was so nice to have that physi physicality yeah, yeah, as yeah, well actually yeah, yeah. and as you say you see it in black and white yeah. so no I, I really like that and yeah. I think it can really work because yeah. you do forget those things Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we're all guilty of that yeah. aren't you? which we are you kind yeah. of filter out the good stuff yeah. and you just say oh but do you remember when this happened yeah. you know yeah. that's that's the yeah. uh, overriding thought in your head but yeah. no have that have that data log yeah yes definitely and I can agree more with it you know surrounding yourself by the people you know with the people who, mm. who make you feel good mm. and you know going back to your very first point Amanda about you know you deserve that as a yeah. you know and recognizing exactly. that you mm. deserve to be around people mm. who you know show you as much respect as you show to them as well yeah. mm. um, and that you learn really to show yourself yeah, that yeah. amount of respect mm. that's right and who you can be yourself with mm. as well i think yeah. is ever so yeah. ever so important yeah absolutely so yeah this is a question for jen but i think mm. you've answered it <laughs> um anyway about the social media yes. which was really really interesting yes. um how um i think manda you said as well how we're all so wrapped up in the in the social media mm. and how mm. you know where we see all these you know pretty people mm. and thin people mm. and the media mm. and we can get so caught up with it especially you know, with instagram mm. and mm. stuff and mm. i think um well, what you said was you know how how do we tell ourselves that we are enough is is mm. just to take yourself out from that and mm. do yeah unfollow the people and just have a look and see your life and think this is what i've got this is what i've achieved yeah. as well yeah absolutely i think it is just it's just being able to like I think you said it earlier, Amanda. Just, just stop. Just yeah. kind of being able to check in with yourself yeah. every yeah. now and again. Yeah. Um, 
and almost have this kind of meta self that yeah. you know <laughs> looks down on you and goes actually maybe that's uh, that's not helpful mm. what you're doing right now yeah. Um, yeah I think yeah just that can and 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 having a social media break I mean a lot more people do not more more people do it and I've actually yeah. I haven't done it and I keep feeling like I need to do it yeah. <laughs> even when I go on holiday I think I'm not gonna look at my phone and then it'll yeah. last like a day and, and it's then so I'm easy to do it. so it's yeah, um, at your phone. but I know colleagues and friends that are starting to do it more and more and do find it actually really helpful just to reset yeah. and yeah. reconnect with yeah. the real world yeah yeah no, um, definitely so yeah no I think yeah I think you've both actually really answered that question really well <laughs> good old social media detox isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. um, and I think you know we, we've spoken as well about you know the importance I think of having you know good relationships with, with people around you the fact mm. that most people are good people you know mm. it's something I wholeheartedly agree with I, I really mm. do feel that most people are, are good people and you know if you've got those friends and family around you who you can just be yourself with and be honest with and say look I'm having a hard time yeah right now you know it's, it's so important um and so i kind of want to turn that question around a little bit and, and go you know if one of your friends or family members or colleagues or neighbors or whoever really comes <laughs> to you and expresses that they're having a hard time with mm. their self-esteem or, or even generally more with their mental health overall how do you you know and obviously as an untrained person but well-intentioned how would you respond to that and support them i think it's really important to make sure you've got time and space set aside mm. without any mm -hmm. distractions so mm -hmm. it's giving that person um, as much time as they need mm -hmm. but let them lead the conversation um, so you respond to to where they're at so they can say as little or as much as they'd like to really and that is completely within their control because I've certainly sometimes been in situations where you know again very well-intentioned people but they're bombarding me with questions and I'm just thinking I'm not there I'm not ready mm. to answer all those questions yet um, and I just want to be able to be myself with this this problem that's going on um, and be still with that and I, and I need you to support me just by being there and not asking lots of questions not obviously checking the phone mm -hmm. not saying well, I've got half an hour you know can, can we hurry this along um, but also that you're not trying to second guess someone as well or trying to diagnose them mm. um, and, and I think that that can happen a lot actually mm. Um, mm. and especially when um, we do know a lot more about man you know, mental health it is out there a lot but not all of us are trained mm. in that area so not thinking oh well I, I know what this is mm. not assuming that you know what's going mm. on for them of course, uh... but that you can offer I think it's fine to offer to say you know would you like me to help you seek some further support with mm. this should we look in should we look into that together yeah. so seeing it as a joint venture without taking over and without trying to control the situation because that could be really disempowering for somebody mm. who is obviously not feeling in a very empowered place as it is mm. um, and just acknowledge that probably even for them to tell to start to talk to you about how they're feeling is a really really big thing but it's a very precious thing that you know you want to hold their trust mm. and you want to hold their support so you've just got to be so gentle and sensitive I think so it's just giving you know both of you that that time that time and space really mm. um, but also 
as, as a friend or a family member, it's about knowing your limits mm. as well. Yeah. As I say, you yeah. know, we're not all trained and just being really mindful mm -hmm. um, that it, if somebody is telling you something really quite significant, you know, if they are, for example, self-harming, uh, you know, something like that, you know, you, it, the, I think the right thing to do would be to try and support them to, to get further help. Mm -hmm. So knowing your own limits around mm -hmm. that as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 you said exactly what I was mm -hmm. going to say um, about uh, the time and space, and um, and you know making sure that you acknowledge that you listen, that you, but you don't overpromise that you can completely yeah solve yeah. the problem. Yeah. I think just literally asking that question after you've listened and then saying, well, okay, you know, this sounds really hard. What can we do about this together? What yeah. is helpful for mm -hmm. us to do right now? Yeah. Coming up with a little bit of a plan can be really mm -hmm. containing, not only for mm -hmm. that other person, but for you as well, because then at least you've got kind of a bit of a sense of, okay, this is, this is how we're gonna move forward with this. If you just leave it, then you probably will both leave feeling quite uneasy. So mm -hmm. just saying, well, what, what can we do together? Would it be helpful to, like you say, look online to see what, what mm. other support is available. Shall we go to your doctor together? Shall I help mm. you make an appointment? You know, uh, give, and giving yourself a plan of, and a task or something to do, yeah, um, yeah can, can just be really helpful, I think, mm. in that, yeah. after that first, sort of, um, that first time that you've, that, that you've spoken about it, they've spoken about it. No, definitely, because I, I, I guess someone who, who is coming to you with um, problems is mm. very likely to be feeling a lot of emotional mm. turmoil. Mm. Mm. So as you say, trying to contain that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and say, right, okay, what's next? What's we don't have to step? think about yeah. the bigger picture, yeah. we just yeah. have to think about the, yeah. the next yeah. step exactly. we do now. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Definitely, and you know, as you both said, you know, just taking that time to really listen, because yeah. mm -hmm. um, it may be the thing that other people haven't taken Absolutely. the, the yeah, time exactly. to do. Yeah. So um, I think yeah, both of you may have um, answered the next question as well, but I'm just going to put it out there anyway. Mm. And if you do want to add it any more, then please do. Um, so this one's um, yeah, going for you, Amanda, but yeah, feel free to chip in as well. Um, so put, of course, sometimes there's only so much we can do on our, on our own. Um, life can be hard at times and no one should have to struggle through these things alone. How would you recommend reaching out to friends and family to say, look, I'm having a hard time right now? I think um, everyone's different in how, yeah. how they want to approach this and not everyone is going to feel able to simply say to somebody else, I'm having a really hard time. That mm. might be the hardest thing to say. Yeah. So some people um, might wish to just write a card, you know, you yeah, don't, not, not everything has to be yeah. talked about. Yeah. It, you know, that very first step, and as we've talked about, often this stuff is taking those little baby steps. Yeah. It could just be writing a simple note. It could be just jotting down a text. Yeah. It could be saying, can, can we go for a walk? Yeah. Can we set aside some time? And if you don't feel able in, in that walk or in that cafe to say it, that's okay too. Mm -hmm. Like you might just slowly be building up to that. You know, reaching out can feel mm. very, very difficult mm. because you're. I, I think part of it you can kind of almost perhaps feel like you're acknowledging where you're really at as mm. well. But by, by telling someone else, it's kind of really making it real. Mm. Definitely. Um, so if you don't feel able to have that conversation, 
start it a different way start mm. the conversation yeah in a different way. it's almost like a um, a pride thing as well isn't it mm. it's like because you, obviously, if you say that, then you feel you feel vulnerable as yeah. well. Don't Absolutely, you? Like, yeah. you think like, vulnerable. You know, kind of pulling back the layers as well, yeah. aren't you? Because yeah. everyone puts on this yeah. like brave face every single yeah. time. So yeah. it's someone really going deep into them emotions, yeah. and then you having to talk about it as mm-hmm. well. It's kind of like bringing up them like demons yeah. again as well, isn't it? In yeah. a way, it's quite exposing. Mm, yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And I was just going to add to that um, to say, you know, it doesn't necessarily even have to be. A, a friend or a family mm. member there are loads and loads of great charities out there that you mm. could go to if yeah. you felt like actually I don't know if I can quite um, mention this to somebody that I know if you want it to be like a completely sort of neutral um, mm. person um, there's great charities like Mind um, oh, if yeah. you just go on the NHS website there's actually I was just looking at it there's a great um, page on self-esteem mm. and where to get help to signpost you go to your GP talking to the Samaritan Samaritan's there to talk about anything it doesn't yeah. have to be self-harm suicidality it can mm. be anything mm. um, so yeah there's, there's loads there's loads out there yeah. online if you don't want to necessarily reach to a friend or family yeah definitely and, and do you know utilize those support networks yeah. that are out there as well because they're, they're there for exactly that reason mm. um, look, this has been a, a fantastic discussion we are very much nearly out of time um, but I just want to ask Ken just uh, mm. finally mm. Because um, as we've been mentioning, you know, friends and family can be a great support. There are some great charities out there. Um, there's also the NHS cleft teams yeah. as well, yeah. um, who do some excellent work, funnily enough, yes. in, the, in this exact, um, exact yeah. area. Yeah. Um, and so I was wondering if you could just briefly tell us yes. about the services that the cleft team offer in terms of um, supporting emotional well-being and how people are best to get in touch with their cleft team if they'd like to see yeah. one of you guys. So... Um, Psychologists are now embedded within every cleft team. So, uh, if you if you have a cleft, if you're if you're uh, somebody that's experienced a cleft, then you are automatically you can have access to our support. Um, you don't even have to be necessarily under the service for any other reason. The majority of our referrals will come through um, the surgeon seeing a patient for a, a, you know. A, a reason like they would like some sort of surgery or speech therapy for example but you can access us just if, if you want to just see the psychologist um, the way to do that is to go to the GP um, and ask them for a referral if you're already under the cleft a, a cleft team um, then you can just speak to anybody you can call the cleft team uh, just call the receptionist and ask to speak to the psychologist as I say there is a psychologist in every in every cleft team now different amounts in different areas but most are you know fairly well resourced we're, we're quite lucky um, or you can and yes yeah, just ask the receptionist to speak to the psychologist or ask them for their number they usually have a direct number or an email address um, uh, or you can probably find details online for most I don't know if I'll I think our, our direct numbers are on the website for the South Thames cleft service and you might be able to find psychologists um, from other services as well online so yeah another option is if you are coming in for an appointment anyway um, if you're coming in for a uh, an appointment with the MDT the multidisciplinary team then there will always be in our in our service this is not true of everyone I have to remember that but in our service there will always be a psychologist sat in that team but in other services um, you would just have to ask somebody if you can speak to the psychologist um, and 
either they'll be able to see you there and then on the same day after your appointment or they'll say they will get in contact and, and speak to you about coming in a separate time. So we're lucky to be able to offer a great deal of flexibility with how we support people so we can support people either, as I said, alongside their other clinic appointments or we can do it separately either face-to-face, -face, over the phone, um, because all of the services are um, kind of cover wide geographical uh, regions, then a lot of psychologists now embedded within cleft teams use Skype um, or WhatsApp phone calls um, to offer support. And if, if uh, we speak to you and think that actually we're not the right people, then we, we can always signpost on, so we will either be able to offer you direct support or be able to find the person, the right person who can. Certainly <laughs> does, and I would strongly recommend people do if they yes. feel that, um, you know, psychology could be something that could yes. help them to um, get in touch. Um, and that is just about all we've got time for. Yes, so, um, yeah, that's all we've got time for in the panel <laughs> discussion this month. Um, we hope that you found this discussion to be useful and interesting. And, of course, remember that you can access more information and listen again to this and other panel discussions on our website at www.clapper.com forward slash adult services project. If this discussion has uh, made you wish to seek support, please contact your GP and request a referral to the CLEF team. You also find the details of your local cleft team on our website and i think we would both like to sincerely thank um both of our panelists for an amazing discussion um today thank you both to amanda bates thank and jem rundle for joining you. us thank on you. the thank discussion you. as well as a big thank you to you at home for joining us as well or on the train or wherever you're yeah. listening make sure to join us next month where we'll be in scotland discussing genetics and decision making when it comes to having children take care bye-bye for now Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. We want to know what you thought of the programme so we can make it even better. If you found this programme interesting, please make sure that you subscribe to our podcast. Our next podcast and video is coming up at the end of next month. Check out www.clapper.com slash cleftalk to find out what we'll be talking about next. You can also watch this and other panel discussions again on our website. And we want your questions to take to the panel, so visit our panel discussion page on our website to submit your questions. You also can check out everything we're up to with the Adult Services Project, including a list of our upcoming programmes and events at www.clapper.com slash adult services project. And finally, don't forget you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye for now. Bye.